0: What happens when a head coach who has overseen a program's best run of success in school history moves on? That's the question surrounding the number 19 program in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25. It's June 12th, my name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Replacing the most successful head coach in school history is never an easy task, but that's what Joe Moorhead is setting out to accomplish this year as the former Penn State offensive coordinator moves into his first job as the head coach of an FBS program. Here to help us preview Mississippi State's 2018 season is David Murray, who covers the Bulldogs for 24-7 Sports. David, we had MSU checking in at number 19 in our summer top 25 for a number of reasons. I think our voters had a pretty varied opinion about what the Bulldogs are capable of this year. In the end, David, do you think number 19 is a reasonable place for us to have them ranked?
1: I think it's an excellent starting point because I understand outsiders' questions because this program has a history of overachieving in years where not much expected and then underachieving once the pressure is on. But I think it's a different case in the sense that you have enough returning talent, certainly in lots of returning experience, maybe a little question mark at quarterback where Nick Fitzgerald's coming off a really messed up ankle from his final regular season game, but he was mostly healthy during the spring. He seems good in the summer. Maybe eliminate that. And the biggest question, of course, will be the transition from Dan Mullen, who took the Florida job, to Joe Moorhead, a seasoned offensive coordinator now in his first head coaching job at a major program. So yes, there are natural questions, but there's a lot of points in Bulldog favor. So to be ranked in just in the top 20, I think, is a very, I think, reasonable standard to begin the season.
0: So you say that's a good starting point. What do you think ultimately is the ceiling for this Bulldogs team? The
1: ceiling, especially when you're in the SEC and all the more so in the SEC West, you always have to counter that with schedule. Mississippi State has the personnel that in probably any other league in the country is quite capable of an 11-win season and possibly going undefeated. In the SEC, a little different because you know who is sitting across the <laughs> state line in Tuscaloosa, the SEC's next-nearest neighbors, in fact. But at the same time, State is in a good position because you have transition at a couple of programs, Texas A&M and Arkansas. You have team probably on the way down with his roster in um, Ole Miss. LSU is still not sure they've made the right decision there. So I think State this year has an excellent chance to win most of their SEC West games. It comes down to two major challenges. Obviously Alabama, which you have to play in Tuscaloosa. That's, that's going to be tough. Then you get Auburn. And Auburn, are they as good as they were last year? Are they going to be better? Are they going to take a step back now that people know them? You don't know. So I, I think The way I have summed it up is that if Mississippi State can settle just two things, and that is an outside receiver, by which I mean somebody who can make plays outside the hash marks on the sideline in this offense, and really nail down the cornerback position, which are the major question marks in defense, this is definitely a 10-win football team.
0: Entering 2017, Nick Fitzgerald was a sexy sleeper pick for SEC Offensive Player of the Year. I think it's fair to say that he fell a bit short of that last year. And then, as you mentioned, in the Egg Bowl, he suffered a pretty nasty ankle injury that required some surgery. How's he moving on that ankle, and what's the expect expectation level for him entering his senior season?
1: Well, I'll, let's qualify what we might call the disappointments of 2017 for Fitzgerald. Largely came from the fact that he did not have an outside receiver threat and that allowed defenses to play tight, to really focus on stopping the ground game. And he still was not a polished product as a passer at that stage. So yes, it was disappointing in that regard, but even statistically he still produced an outstanding year by Mississippi State history, a few more turnovers. uh, That was really the problem that again was created by the fact that defenses could focus on just one or two receivers and play to contain him in the run game. I think in an odd way that the fact that during spring he's able to move around but not run means he had to sit back there and become a pocket passer. Now, he'll never be a pure pocket passer. That's not his forte because you do not want to take a guy with his size, his strength, and his breakaway speed because once he's up to full steam, he's as fast as any quarterback in the game. You don't want to take that out of it. You want to keep defensive guessing. But now Joe Moorhead has come in and new quarterback coach and receivers coaches and they want to take advantage of all the tools he has, especially an improved backfield. I believe so. I think that he will come back 100% healthy. And here's another thing too: he's a fifth-year senior. He's expected to have the job, but he's got a kid in Keaton Thompson who won the bowl game, who beat Lamar Jackson head-to-head in a bowl game as a true freshman in his first college start. So that tells you that he's also got a little incentive to hold his own job, as strange as that sounds.
0: Who are some players that, whether because of injury, inexperience, scheme fit, moving from Mullen to Moorhead, or anything else, that uh, fans of other schools across the SEC, maybe names they're not as familiar with now, but might have cause to know their name by the time the season is out?
1: I'm going to start on the offensive side, and everybody knows the potential that Kylan Hill has. I'm talking about now the true sophomore running back. He played a secondary role as a freshman, not just because he's a freshman, but Eris Williams, the veteran running back, is just a proven producer. Williams is more of a pounder. He's a guy who gets better as the game goes on. That was great in 2016. It's not so good in 2017 where you needed the running back to be strong right from the start, and State needed more creativity from the backfield. Williams will still be your starting back, but Kylan Hill now is coming into his own. He's a breakaway guy. He's got the size. He's got the strength, but he has two extra gears that Harris doesn't have. If you can break him into the open in the ground game, he can go the distance on any play out there. You combine that with a quarterback in Fitzgerald who at any point can take off and run. Go back and watch his tape from 2016 Egg Bowl in Oxford, what Fitzgerald can do on the ground you put those two back there together and still have a pounder and Williams you have as well balanced a backfield the tight end position is going to be very strong this year I would like to see Farad Green who's been he's had his moments but he hasn't been consistent and he's always been maybe one big play away from that breakout that's another guy I would look for on the offensive side because if defense is focused on other things it should open up the tight end side Defensively, he got some attention, and you saw the three-interception game he had in the Gator Bowl when uh, Mark McLaurin picked off Lamar Jackson three times. That's the kind of game they've been looking for from this guy for years. Now he steps into a system, and again, the defensive staff is just about entirely new, but I think it's going to suit his strengths at that strong safety position that I would look for Mark to have a big year on the defensive side. And then Gary Green is finally, I think, coming into his own As they settle on him, they try to decide, is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Well, he's kind of both. And now you're walking into an odd front system that Brian Baker will use in conjunction with a new defensive system that Bob Shoup is installing that will play to his strengths. That's a couple of guys I would look to have what you'd either call breakout years or the kind of years that have been predicted for a couple of seasons
0: bet dsi has the over under win total projection for mississippi state sitting at eight we talked about you know how one of the biggest variables in talking about any team season is dealing with the difficulties of the sec west but at the end of the day david are you taking the over or the under here
1: i'm taking the over for a couple reasons and i understand why they would say so because they, sent, I think they're more looking at the names initially. As it goes on, and they learn more about all the SEC teams, not just Mississippi State, but other SEC teams, you start thinking, all right, historically, Florida coming to start. You say, Oh, it's probably a win for Florida. Well, yes, Dan Mullen certainly knows the team he's going to play when he comes here with his first Florida Gator team. But Florida has serious questions on the offensive side, and State is a veteran squad that knows how he likes to call a game. So I think where people who make predictions would say tab that game, or let's take LSU winning at Tiger stadium has traditionally been a tough thing, particularly night games, but over the years States had a little bit of success down there. And of course, Dak Prescott took them to a win in 2014. States stomped LSU this past season. Those are games that people sometimes pick by name, not so much even the name of the team they're picking, but the team they're picking against because again, state's history has always been that you don't achieve as much when the expectations and the pressures are on. I think this is a different case. And another reason, too, I think they're picking against State, I mentioned earlier, a new head coach in Joe Moorhead. But I'm going to say this about Moorhead. Having watched him in action in spring training, I guess the best way to sum up what he does in offense is there's always somebody to get the ball to. That has not been true here very often, if at all. If he can take this veteran team add to what Mullen installed initially with his own blend of the spread systems there, I think State is definitely an overtake if somebody's predicting them for just eight wins.
0: If Mississippi State does end up beating that over-under projection by two or more wins and maybe is even in the second half of November still in the mix for winning the SEC West, what do you think will have gone so right for them to uh, hit that high end of their ceiling this year? I think
1: what will have to go right, again, I keep going back to the wide receiver position because State has some good interior receivers. At the slot, they're loaded. Tight end, very good position. But they lack that guy outside the hashes that just stretches a defense to the breaking point to allow other things to happen. That's what they've got to have step forward. So this is a year that, say, you need a Reggie Todd, a Jamal Couch, or the junior college transfer, Steven Gidry to be that guy that all of a sudden makes a cornerback not only have to cover it completely, but makes that safety shade over in support just in case, all of a sudden, getting those one-on-one matchups for a tight end for a running back or for Fitzgerald himself to make a breakaway play. That is what has to go right for Mississippi State to achieve what it's capable of. Defensively, this is as good a front line as State's ever had in terms of both quality and depth they're ridiculously three deep at all three and sometimes four defensive front positions jeffrey simmons is going to play at an all-american level this year at the nose tackle position and he's got two guys behind him that are hardly a step down that's how good that defensive front is that's why i think state's capable of getting those 10 wins because if they put enough pressure on then it makes life so much easier for your cornerbacks and safeties and gives them a chance to become offensive players by recovering turnovers and taking the ball the other direction. To me, that's what it takes. And we haven't even mentioned the kicking game. This is something where Dan Mullen's teams were solid but never spectacular. I think State has the chance this year to find the right guy in the return game that maybe, certainly not every game, Maybe not every other week, but once a month or so is going to create that big play, which transforms everything. And as Joe Moorhead clearly says, he wants the other
0: team playing from behind so that Bob Shoop's defense can go do what they do. David Murray covers Mississippi State for jeanspage.com on the 24-7 Sports Network of websites. You can find him on Twitter at DogsBiteMag. Thanks, David. Good to talk to you. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast that gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you did not get on the podcast. Next up are the number 18 TCU Horned Frogs.